0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Seems every generation since Christ is absolutely convinced that his return is just around the corner, yet here we are, 2,000 years later, still waiting, still watching, still longing. Dr. Jennings joins us today via Skype to offer his take on what the signs of Christ's soon return really are. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? Well, Charles, first off, let's just say we're not going to be comprehensive in this. The Bible is filled
1: with all types of prophecy, signs, indicators. We're just going to try to get some highlights of this because we have a very short show. We can't cover it all. But what you just said, that Christians, since his ascension after his crucifixion, have been looking for his return from every generation, and that has been— one of the signs of the end, Peter said, is that scoffers will come, mm. scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on like it's been since the creation. And so one of the signs we are living in since the Enlightenment and Darwin and so forth is this idea, there is no God, you guys, ha 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 ha, you've been saying this all along. We just evolved from slime, and and more and more, we're in a world of godlessness, evolutionism, sexual secular humanism, and anybody who believes in Jesus in the second coming is scoffed at and laughed at, more so than in any time really since Christ was here on earth. Mm. That is a sign, the ever-increasing escalation of scoffing. But Jesus, if you look to Jesus' words, and we're going to kind of unpack what he said in Matthew 24, he said, for many will come in my name, saying I'm the Christ. This is one of those that has been going on through history that keeps each generation encouraged, because we see fakers coming along from generation to generation claiming they're Christ, but it's not real specific. Mm -hmm. Christ went on to say that there would be wars and rumors of wars. My view of this is that he's speaking here of the Crusades and the many wars throughout the Dark and Middle Ages that were happening. And then after that, he went on to say, but but see that you're not troubled by the wars and the rumors of wars, for all this must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think was Dark Ages, Middle Ages stuff going on. Mm Then he goes, and after he says the end is not yet, near the end, though, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. I think this is referring now to World War I, World War II. We have a worldwide nations going against each other, kingdoms against kingdom. The 20th century, the bloodiest as far as war goes in the history of the world. Now we're entering the era of 21st century, which after this bloody kingdoms against kingdoms where nation states are being asked to subordinate themselves to a world coalition, carbon credits, save the planet because of of the environment, peace and safety will happen if we can do this. And then Paul wrote, now, brothers, about times and dates, uh, the Lord's coming, I don't need to write you, but uh, the Lord will come as a thief in a night when people are saying peace and safety. Hmm sudden destruction will suddenly come upon them as labor pains on a pregnant woman. So interesting that when people start shifting towards the nations that have been rising against nations, we're moving away from that now, we're moving toward a globalization, moving for a one world economy, we're moving where we can stop these wars, we can have peace, we can have safety. Paul says that's a sign of the end and it's the beginning of labor pains. Back to Jesus. Jesus went on and said there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of the labor pains, okay? Mm-hmm. So what do we see also in the last 50, 60 years? Increasing famines. Remember, mm-hmm. farm aid and all these things that went on. HIV, SARS, COVID. Earthquakes are actually increasing as being monitored around the earth. All of these are the beginning that both Paul and Jesus say— of the labor pains, and when labor pains begin, they increase in intensity and frequency. Jesus then went on to say, as this is beginning to happen, pestilences, famines, worrying about how we're going to feed the world, 7 billion people, global warming, you can see all this kind of crescendoing. Jesus went on to say, then you will be handed over and persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many. What are we seeing in the world today with globalism and secularism and communism and the rise of uh, in, in Islam in the world is that around the world, Christianity is becoming more and more hated. Yes, yes. Beheadings in the world, Christians being beheaded. Then you add the two biggest news stories of 2020 to it and see what the consequence. Two biggest news stories, at least in America, COVID, mm-hmm. racism. Most stories written about. Most blogs blogged about, most media outlets churning about, and what is the impact of these two stories to society? Anger, fear, division, hostility, conflict. In fact, people are being encouraged by government leaders to spy on their neighbors, to turn on their family, to report members who aren't wearing their mask, who are visiting, who are having gatherings. There are conflicts in grocery stores. You've got your mask down over your nose. You're not walking down the right way in the aisle. You're too close to me at the checkout line. And we're having ever-increasing hostility and division and breakdown of the love and grace cancel family gatherings, don't get together for Thanksgiving, don't share at Christmas time. Two holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, that are Christ-centered, giving Mm. thanks to God. Let's undermine these holidays. We see exactly what Christ is saying, and then it goes, because of this increased wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Mm. Wickedness, me first generation, what drives this? Fear, we become fearful, self-protective. We'd Live in a world where we just evolved from lower life forms. There is no God. Our families are fractured and isolated. Our country is a slaver. Our country has abused the native peoples. Our country is a bad country. And the three core principles historically have been God, family, country. Those three core principles were something bigger than the self, something bigger than you, something you could identify with, look up to, sacrifice for, love bigger than you. But we take those away from people today. So they have only. Self to fall back on. And when you fall back only on self, that incites more fear. And people then turn towards pleasure seeking. They want alcohol, drugs, concerts, entertainment, and entertainment and pleasure seeking increase where service to others decrease. Mm-hmm. But Jesus went on to say, he who stands firm to the end will be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. So another sign will be that there will be a message going forward about the good news of God's kingdom of love, the good news about how God operates as the creator and designer of reality, not the dark age's imperial dictator God that if you don't worship me, I'll burn you at the stake. That was a fraud. That was a fake. That wasn't true Christianity. But the true message of Jesus Christ that love, Loves God and others more than self. This message is to go to the world, and we sh- and we see uh, uh, this message of the true message of God's love coming to the world. Jesus went on to say, "As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying, and giving in marriage, until Noah entered the ark, and, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how we at the coming of the Son of Man. Think that through." The Bible says Noah preached for 120 years of a coming flood, but Jesus said they knew nothing about what was about to happen. How could they not know? He was preaching for 120 years because, notice what he said, they were drinking and eating Mm -hmm. and marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, they were caught up in entertainment. They were caught up in partying. They were caught up in having fun. They were caught up in activities and routines of living. They had tuned out the messenger of God. How many today in the world don't listen to the Christian with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're too caught up in their movies, their blogs, their Facebook, their tweets, their entertainment, their parties, just living for the moment. They don't even hear what's happening. Is that not the world as we see it today? It's exactly the world as we see it today, Dr. Jennings. I think we can look around with confidence. And then let me go on to another sign. Yes. So Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, concerning the coming of our Lord, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. The day will not come until the rebellion occurs. and The man of lawlessness, his sin is revealed. The man doomed to destruction, he will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God and, or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. This is another sign, okay? This man of lawlessness, let me tell you what this was. Paul is writing in the first century. He's saying sometime after the first century, there's going to be a counteraction to the gospel of Jesus Christ that will set itself up in God's temple, Well, the temple wasn't there. It's not in Jerusalem when this happened. This isn't a physical temple. Paul is speaking of the spirit temple. He is specifically describing lawlessness in in the sense of God's law, that a Movement will arise on earth that will fill the hearts and minds of people with a fraudulent idea about God's law, such that they come to teach Christianity through the lens of human imposed law, which is not God's law, it's lawless. That God runs his universe like an imperial dictator runs Rome, Roman pagan type construct, authoritarian, rules over. If you don't worship me, I'll be forced to punish you and kill you. I require an appeasement, a payment, a blood sacrifice of an innocent in order not to slay you. And the spirit temple of human beings became the seat of the lawless one. And this is what has happened. A major sign that led to the dark ages, it led to the persecution, it led to the crusade, it led to the inquisition, It led to much of Christianity, as we see it today, teaching a God who is the source of inflicted pain, suffering, and torture if you don't keep his rules or get someone to offer him the blood of an innocent human sacrifice. This is fraudulent. Mm -hmm. The true gospel message is the gospel of Jesus. As you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. And God was in the Son reconciling the world to himself, and Jesus came to fulfill the Father's purpose of eliminating sin from the hearts of men and establishing the spirit temple as the dwelling place of God, where he dwells by his spirit, and we become transformed into God-likeness or Christ-likeness through the indwelling of the spirit who takes the victories of Christ and reproduces it in us. This is the real gospel message. So this fraudulent Christianity we see in both Protestant and papal worlds is also a major sign of the end, and that Christ is coming soon because a message is going forward to teach the truth about who God is and free people from this fraudulent, lawless,
0: God construct that has set itself up in the Spirit Temple. Well, Dr. Jennings, everything you've said here, I don't want to be a part of, except one, gospel to the world, sharing the good news. How do we do that today? Well, that's what we're doing with this show.
1: Understand what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news Mm -hmm. about God himself, Mm -hmm. that God is not the kind of being, the liar Satan has made him out to be. Many people think that the good news is that Jesus died to pay a penalty to pay his father so his father won't kill me or torture me in hell for eternity. If you take that message to the world, you're actually taking the message of the liar, that God is the kind of being who will torture you in hell and he needs to be paid off by the blood of a human sacrifice. That's actually paganism. That is not true Christianity. And so if you want to take the gospel to the world, you have to take the gospel that God was in the Son reconciling the world to himself, and God does not need to be paid for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God is for us, who can be against us. He would not spare some, but gave him up. How will he not along with him give us all things? So, the Bible is very clear that God is always for us. He's never against us, and he needs no persuasion and no payment in order to be on our side. Any message like that is actually not the gospel. So, understand what the true gospel is, and then become an effective agent to take that message to the world. Our website, Come and Reason, is filled with resources to make this distinction clear and empower you to take the final message to the world. We invite you to become a part of that and get the free
0: resources and share in your community. Wow. Listener, you have just received and I have just received our marching orders for what Dr. Jennings and God wants us to do. Dr. Jennings is simply reflecting the words of God to us. We're, we're following God here, not Dr. Jennings. We're following God. And I'm so glad that people like Dr. Jennings are here and the website comeandreason.com is available for us to learn how to do that because it's all pointing to God and our responsibility when we love him and we respond to his love for us reason.com dr jennings as always thank you so much for sharing today appreciate it thank you charles and listener until next time this is charles mills along with dr tim jennings wishing you god's presence in your life goodbye everyone